heard a great word this morning. At the end of our rehearsal, we always stand in a big circle and we pray. And Dave, the leader of our student ministry, great guy, I love him to death. And when he prayed for us, he said, reckless abandon. It's just, it was just a phrase he used during his prayer. And it hit me like a shot to the heart this morning. Because we sing about God's reckless love for us, right? We all love the song, Reckless Love. We love this song, Waymaker. We sing about it constantly. But how often do we turn that inward and do we ask, what does reckless abandon look like for us? What does reckless abandon of obedience look like? What does reckless abandon of us loving our neighbor as we love ourselves look like? What is reckless abandon of serving our church, serving our ministry that we're a partner with? What does that look like? Because it's really easy for us to get caught up and come in and sing and feel great and then leave and, and just go back to normal on Monday. And then get down throughout the week and then come back in on Sunday and build it back up and then go back to normal on Monday. But I want to challenge us this morning. Let's live with reckless abandon, the same reckless abandon that God loves us with. Let's love others. Let's love each other. Let's pour out to our community. And as we look around the room this morning and we see all these children and the students who were serving this morning, everywhere you looked when you you saw a kid or a student greeting you, giving you coffee or a donut or handing you a card, ushering you in here this morning. What does reckless abandon look like for us to pour into the next generation, into our own children in our own home? What does that look like? Because that's the move that we need to make. That's the move that's going to change culture. That's the move that's going to build God's kingdom here on earth so that we are all in heaven together. Amen? We're not just raising children that we're preparing to be adults. We're raising eternal souls that are going to spend somewhere eternally. Think about that. That's heaven. We're raising eternal souls this morning. So let's sing that out again. Let's sing Waymaker because God is the Waymaker for us to pour into our children, to pour into our communities, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. Amen? Yes, that is who you are. That is who you are, 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 that is who you are. Waymaker, let's sing. You are Father, we come to you this morning with our heads bowed and our hands open, God, offering everything that we have to you. We're offering our lives to you, God. We're offering our hands. We're offering any gifting or ability or talents or skills that we have, God. We're offering it to you because we want to live in reckless abandon in pursuit of you, God. 
We want to live in reckless abandon of being obedient to you, God. So we ask that you just take from these open hands whatever it is that you want from us. There's no amount of, of money that we can give. There's no amount of, of effort that we can put in that would ever live up to you, God. But all we have to offer is everything, is our hearts and our souls, God. So we're just standing here with our hands open and our hearts open, God, just saying, work in us this morning. Take it all, God. Take it all. I, I pray a prayer of change in this place. I pray that every heart that comes in contact with you this morning, Lord, whether it be in the room or whether it be online right now, God, that they leave this encounter with you a changed person. That they leave this encounter with you looking for ways to serve more, to serve better, to pour into that young person next to them, to mentor that young person who doesn't quite know the right answer, God, but you've given us experience, you've given us wisdom, you've given us knowledge through our experiences, and that it is our responsibility to bestow that upon them, Lord. So give us that reckless abandon to step out in faith in pursuit of you. We worship you, God, and we love you. And now we're going to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray. And we say, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Y'all gonna have a seat. If Paul and Jennifer would join me. this morning to, for first service, to view a baptism. Normally, uh, everybody sleeps in, so it's, uh, it's wonderful for you first service crowd to see. Dearly beloved, baptism is an outward and visible sign of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, through whose grace we become partakers of his righteousness and heirs of eternal life. Those receiving the sacrament are thereby marked as Christian disciples and initiated into the fellowship of Christ's holy church. Our Lord has expressly given to children a place among the people of God, whose holy privilege will not be denied them. Remember the words of Jesus, how he said, let the little children come to me, for such belongs the kingdom of God. Paul and Jennifer, I ask you in presenting this child for baptism, do you confess your faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? If so, please say I do. Do you therefore accept as your honor and privilege to live before this child the life that becomes the gospel, to exercise all godly care that he be brought up in the Christian faith, that he be taught the scriptures, and that he learn to give reverent attendance upon the private and public worship of God. Will you strive to keep this child under the ministry and guidance of the church, that he by the power of God shall accept for himself the gift of salvation and be confirmed as a full member of Christ's holy church?
you pray with me? God, we ask that you pour your spirit out upon this gift of water and he who receives it. God, you have made known your mighty acts of salvation through water, through your spirit that hovered over the waters of creation. God, through the delivering of your people through the Jordan and the Red Sea. God, you have always been visible. You have shown yourself through water. And in the gift of time, you sent your son to be nurtured in the water of a womb. And God, you came to die and be raised to new life. And you command us by faith to be partakers in your death and your resurrection through this act of baptism. And God, we are thankful that in death, our sins are washed away. And we are raised to new life. We are made new by your spirit. So God, we celebrate this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. What name is given to this child? Raiden James, I baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Raiden James, may you be a faithful disciple all the days of your life. May you have the patience and quiet spirit but the heart of a lion. Would you welcome Brayden James? I ask you as the household of faith, do you as a congregation fulfill in your baptismal vows and will you undertake to provide the grace and the love and the nurture for this family and this child? If so, would you respond with me? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround these persons with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their trust of God and be found faithful in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Would you bow in prayer with me again? God, our Heavenly Father, grant that this child, as he grows in years, may grow in grace as well. And in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, that by the restraining and renewing influence of the Holy Spirit, he may be ever growing in your love and faithfulness. Guide and uphold Paul and Jennifer, that by loving care, wise counsel, and a holy example, they may lead him into a life of faith who is strong and righteous and bears fruit. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, amen. Would you welcome them again?
because this is a celebratory moment. I want us to stand up and I want us to praise God about what just took place this morning. The baptism of a future soldier in God's army. Amen? Amen? And what's so powerful is that God can work in our lives even when we don't see it. Even when we don't know it, he's still working. So let's sing that out this morning. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. It never stop, it never stop working. Never stop, it never stop working. Focus your attention to the screens. told them, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked him what was happening. 
they told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, receive your sight, your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. When all the people saw it, they also praised God. Hey, thanks, Matt, for bringing me to the road today. Is there, is there a good crowd? Yeah, yeah, well, that's why I'm here. The road from Jer Jericho to Jerusalem is where the money's at. I'm telling you, people get tired of beggars in the city. So the, way, the place to hit them up is on the road, man. Thanks for bringing me. You're coming back at the end of the day, right? Awesome, awesome. Don't leave me sitting here in the, in the dark. Yeah, I know, I'm always in the dark. Yeah, good, very funny, very funny. Please come back. <sighs> Another day at the office, begging. I can't tell you how hard it is to be a beggar. Everybody judges you. Everybody thinks you're lazy. People think you're dirty. People think you're smelly. I don't have any other options but to beg. I, I can't see, but I hear what people say. Even the little kids avoid us. Even little kids say, Mommy, Mommy, who sinned, that man or his parents? That's, that's the worst. Being known as a sinner just because I was born blind. Honestly, sometimes guilt does creep in. Why, why was I born like this? Why, why did God make me this way? Is it because of my parents' sin? I, I wish I knew why I was like this. Yes, yeah, thank you. Thank you, God bless you. A penny, a penny. It's gonna take a lot of those to fill my stomach tonight. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I guess just keep begging. Keep having people have pity on me my entire life. I guess beggars can't be choosers, right? <laughs> If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I wouldn't have to sit here for an entire month. The worst part about being a beggar is actually hanging around all kinds of sick people all the time. You know how depressing that is? Beggars are blind and lame. Lepers, all they do is complain. 
Like Cripple Joe. He's always like, oh, my leg hurts, my knee hurts, my, my hip, my back. I didn't sleep good at night. Well, at least he can see. At least he can go to work. Or Lee, the leper. He's always like, oh, oh, I found another spot. What if, I, what if my finger falls off? I guess the worst thing for Lee is he, he can't see his family. He has to live all by himself. I guess I, guess I gripe too. I, I don't like living like this. I don't like not being able to see. I, I don't like not being able to see my wife. But I bet, you know what, I bet you're no different. You've got aches. You've got pains. Maybe you didn't sleep well last night. Everybody complains about their stuff. Nobody realizes how blessed they really are. But I'm telling you, hanging around people who are beggars is depressing. All that started to change about a month ago. We, we started to hear reports of this miracle worker. Everyone heard reports of the things that this Jesus was doing. Everybody I talked to had a story. Some people said that he fed 5,000 people, like from this little boy's lunch. Some people said the lame walk. Lepers are healed. The blind see. Did you hear me? The blind actually see. Some people think he's the Messiah. God's, God's chosen Savior for Israel. I'm telling you, it started, it, it gave us hope that, one, that the Savior had come, but two, that this man could do miracles. Maybe, maybe one day I'll see. Yes, sir, yes. So, some, some bread would be great. Oh, it's stale. It's probably been in his pocket for a week. Oh, I wish I could see whether that was pocket lint or a dead ant. Yeah. Beggars can't be choosers, right? That's what they say. I heard so much. Oh, where was I? I heard so much about this Jesus that I actually started to believe he was the Messiah. I actually believed he had power to heal. There was just too many reports circulating around for this guy to be nothing or just a mere person. He had to be the Messiah. And then one day, the day I was dreaming of actually came true. Now, I've heard rabbis preach before. I'm telling you, they teach, they preach, blah, 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 like put you to sleep. But this day, there was a huge crowd. The noise was almost deafening. And the, when he spoke, man, there was power in his words. I asked somebody in the crowd, hey, who, 
who's passing by? Who, who's that rabbi? And they said, it's Jesus. And I thought, that, that, that's him. That's the Messiah. That's the miracle worker I've been longing to meet. I couldn't believe it. And then I froze. Should I try to get his attention? What if Jesus said no when I asked for healing? What if Jesus said in front of everybody that I smelled or that I was a sinner and wasn't worthy of healing? I I just had to try. I yelled, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Some people in the crowd told me to be quiet, to shut up. But I had made up my mind. I was not going to let Jesus pass me by. So I yelled again, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he heard me. Some people in the crowd started to take me to Jesus because he just stood there, kind of like a king, I suppose, And they took me to him. And I'm telling you, Jesus asked me the dumbest question. (laughs) He, He said to me, what do you want me to do for you? All I could think of was, duh, I'm blind. But I guess I had only asked for mercy. There were... There were lots of things that would be merciful. I could have asked for food. I'm always hungry. And these pennies come up short a lot. I could have asked for money. I could have asked for a place to live. I I could have asked for almost anything. But I believed that this was the Messiah And that he had the power to heal. But I had to ask myself if I really had enough faith to ask for the desire of my heart. I asked. And Jesus healed me. And I can see for the first time In my life, I can see. Thank God that Jesus stopped on the way to the cross to help some blind beggar. Thank God that he had mercy on me, a sinner. Thank God that he loved me as the smelly sinner that I was. I've been following Jesus now, who who is the Messiah, for a while. And I have to ask you, do you know him? Honestly, like, I was a sinner. That's not why I was blind. But I now know that I am forgiven. Do you know? Do you really know that you are forgiven? Do you know that God passionately loves you, that he didn't come to judge you. He came to show you and prove his love for you. I watched him. I got to watch him die 
on that cross. And with my own eyes, when he was raised from the dead, I saw him alive with my own eyes. What do you want God to do for you? Because he still heals and he's here today. Ask him for the desire of your heart. Invite him into your life. I used to think the biggest need I had was my sight. But since I've been following Jesus, I've come to see that the biggest need I had was Jesus himself. He still calls the sick, the depressed, the hurting. He still forgives sinners. Since I've been a, a seeing person, I've come to see that there are only two types of people in this world. One, the type of people who tell people who need Jesus to be quiet, to shut up, and they don't bring them to Jesus. And then there are people who are looking, waiting to take other people to Jesus. Which which one are you? Because everyone matters to Jesus. Who are you bringing to Jesus? Do you need to come to Jesus? Because he's here today, and he still forgives sinners. Don't let Jesus pass you by. Don't miss this moment if you need to meet Jesus. You might think you have some other need in your life that is more than your need for Jesus, but I'm telling you, as someone who is blind and now can see, Jesus is what you need. Healing in this life lasts for this life. Jesus is forever. Would you pray with me? God, we are so, so thankful that you are a God of miracles and a God of power. But God, we're so thankful that you are a God who forgives and loves, that you came for the weak, the broken, the sinners, and you offer them righteousness and wholeness in the powerful name of your son, Jesus, who gave it all that we might live. So we give you thanks and praise and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you rise as we worship?